friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the MC Lars podcast. It is Monday, November 11th, 2019. This is episode 63. I just got back from Pomona, California, which is near Los Angeles, and I played this event called Player Omega which is a festival. It was the first one, and they're trying to make it like the Vans Warped Tour of gaming. And so I played with Kyle from Kirby Crackle, Nerf Herder, I Fight Dragons, a lot of great acts. And as you know, Kyle from Kirby Crackle and Perry from Nerf Herder were MC Lars podcast guests. So I got to pick some of the artists, and uh, it was awesome. So thank you to Kevin Lyman for that wonderful event. I am back home, and this week I am talking to a man who many of you may have heard of on the internet, a very silly, prolific, but brilliant artist, Rappy McRapperson. So I learned in this interview a lot of things. Like I like doing serious interviews with people who kind of do silly music or silly stuff because it kind of gets behind the shield of comedy and who they are as people. I try to ask like really serious questions. And um, I think Rappy was very open with me and serious. And it was it was a cool interview. I learned that he did the original Captain Underpants theme for the multimedia element of the books back in the day. Um, I learned that he produced some of Wing's last records. The woman who was a guest on South Park, like who sings kind of very uniquely. And um, she made my albums. And I learned that we were both on the same label, Olio. I learned a lot of other stuff, how Rappy samples Russian music now and how he's changing his style and how he balances his day job as an engineer with his music. So this is my interview with Rappy McRapperson. He's got some crazy stuff, some stuff maybe you don't want to play for your parents that's online, some stuff that maybe you do. Maybe your parents like hilarious, weird, inappropriate comedy. But um, Rappy is definitely one of a freaking kind, and he's a really cool dude. So I was glad to have him on the show. This is my interview with Rappy McRapperson right here on the MC Lars podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with one of the best gems on the internet. One of the most creative people I know, a man who's been making music for years, Rappy McRapperson. Oh, hey, Lars, what's up, buddy? I want to. Uh, I have an announcement to make on your podcast. Oh, what's up? So, L- MC Lars, this is my announcement. I'm going on tour, and I'm starting a tomato soup business. <laughs> Both those things you're doing, yeah, at the same time. Okay, so start with the tomato soup. Let's talk about that. So all the tomatoes that people throw at me when they see me live, <laughs> I, right. I make a soup out of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so it goes hand in hand. Yes, yes. Is this your first tour? Uh, um, no, I'm not really going on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great timing. <laughs> you are one of those guys who's you've been doing this so long. Like, what was the birth of Rappy McRapperson? Honestly, it was my, um, I would say just my own quest for glory. I yeah. wanted to be a famous artist and a famous comedian. And it's just a, a, a rotten, stinking quest for glory. So what year are you talk- we talking? 1999, I would say. I always started recording. And it was, it was a lot of fun. 1999. You know, computers are out and audio equipment's coming out. 
And you can make your own like home recording sound good and right, right. Or if you're a dummy like me, you have your little brother do it for you. Your brother helped produce some of your stuff. Oh yeah, all my all my stuff, like super early stuff. Uh, my my brother helped produce it. Yeah. What I really like about your stuff is the melodies in the chorus. Yeah. And your beats are so they're not just like stock canned beats. No, do you they're... write the music? So I'm pretty dumb technologically so i would have uh, i would rely on very talented and smart people what i could do is uh think of a tune and i'd tell it to uh, uh my friend ben and benjamin was an oh he, he we worked on this program called impulse tracker there's a dos program so it would just his little the the music it would just come down like rain like uh, uh on that program impulse tracker it later became i think schism tracker it was just these dos based beats and they're it was just the beat making process was mind blowing for for me, and I, I I just was soaking it in. I didn't offer much except for you know the, the tune, and then I'd say you know oh the steel drums are good, and then Ben would say no the steel drums are dumb. How about the quack sound? I said yes the quack sound awesome a collaboration. You sing the melody sometimes. Sometimes and sometimes Ben had the melody down pat. I mean he had uh, yeah. some really wonderful melodies and we just layer it up and have different tracks going and it was a lot of fun. So were you like hosting your stuff on Napster and stuff and MP3.com and those early sites? My brother helped me get a bunch of stuff on Napster. You know the big hit um, when it first came out was the I'm a Gangster song. Yeah. The silly little uh, song that came out and it was a big old thing and uh, everyone on Napster was sharing it and all that. Is like one of the first viral comedy rap songs online. It went viral and then um, followed by the fanny pack and fish sticks. When did you get involved with Rhyme Torrents? I, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember I was on a Rhyme Torrent and then uh, I think it was, the, I forget the gentleman's name. I'm sorry, uh, but he hit me up or I hit him up. I, I honestly, I can't remember. And uh, I started, uh, I made maybe a few songs for them. And that's where I think a lot of people listening to this podcast maybe first discovered you because oh. that was such a big platform. Do you feel like you have hardcore people who've been following you from the beginning? Yeah, a few of them, they start not to not like me. Maybe I didn't say the right thing or maybe I'm really boring or maybe I'm a jerk. And then uh, and then uh, <laughs> they stop uh, hitting me up. But a few of them, uh, we, we chit-chat and uh, a few of them collect data for me and then compile, uh, compile stuff for me. And yeah, I keep in touch with a few folks. And note, I always note who's hitting me up, and a lot of people have been hitting me up for many a years. You made your social security number public oh. as in one of your choruses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thought behind that? What was that idea? I don't idea know. Like? Lars, I just was trying to fight the man, and uh, <laughs> I think my, my fight is backfiring. <laughs> it backfired. Um, yeah, that's a, it's, it came... Uh, to me later that I probably shouldn't have done that, but it's it's a little <laughs> too late now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all of your concepts are always, you know a Rappy McRapperson song because no one else would do those concepts. Yeah. And there's a feel to your verses, which I love, which yeah. is so refreshing, which I don't know. I don't know if you're freestyling or if you wrote it down, but I can always tell you're so surprised and excited to be recording. Uh, that's yeah. That's a trip. Thank you, Lars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for instance, you mentioned uh, oddball uh, song themes. I have a song called "Me and My Grandma Went to Prison Together," 
And then uh, the hook is best friends forever. <laughs> it just makes no sense, and it's just uh, one of these silly songs. And I, I'm not good at freestyling. It's uh, it becomes a, a comedy of errors, and so I, I do like the writing process. Sometimes I'll go, I'll, I'll have it written down. I'll kind of go off it, off script a tiny bit. But or your this is your Mims parody. This is why I'm cold. This is why I'm cold. That was with Steve, uh, the bomb, and the bomb went to heaven. So I always think of just how special he he was. And, oh. Yeah. And uh, I think about how, spe- how special he was and how special our recordings were. And, and, uh, and yeah, I'd look back fondly on my work with Steve, a.k.a. the Bomb Father. <laughs> wow. What, how old was he? Was- he was uh, 29 years old when he passed away. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, oh. man. It happens. Uh, Steve was a, a bright star, yeah. and he had uh, many an issue, and he was in much pain. So when he left the world, it uh, it was all good. And I uh, uh, just we hope and pray that Steve's in a better place. Steve is in a better place. Gosh darn it! So yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your life. Where did you grow up, and where are the place some of the places you've you've spent your time? Lars, I was born in Los Angeles, California. And my my uh, my mother was a secretary for various law firms, and my my father was a cab driver, and he changed to limo driver, and he changed to a business owner. He owned a limo business, uh, limousine service uh, driving uh, in in Los Angeles. And uh, when I was ten years old, my family uh, up and moved to uh, uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, when I was eighteen, I started uh, moving around a bit and just dinking around. And just followed my recordings and just followed, uh, just wandered around and, uh, yeah, wandered around a bunch of different places and got really sick and tired of that. Really sick and tired of that. Very, uh, and uh, I started planting some roots here. And I'm in the Pacific Northwest, uh, not in Seattle, but I'm in the Pacific Northwest and just uh, live a very stable and uh, boring uh, routine, a life of routine and peace. And I love it. (laughs) So you were kind of like Jack Kerouac. Tra- on the road uh, yeah jack kerouac with a head injury because <laughs> <laughs> you live i remember you lived on the big island yes. of hawaii right yes yes how how long were you down there uh, like every good howley guy i was uh, on the big island for a year and a half <laughs> what made you decide i'm gonna move to hawaii i wanted to get away from the music industry it was so heartbreaking for me so oh, man I, I, no it's, it, it's fine but i i wanted to get away from the the music industry and how how it wasn't vibing with me at the time and uh, I, I had was very hurt by some bad music deals that I made and just stupidity on my part and a lack of sense on my part and I just wanted to just forget it all and what better place to do that than in a, in a beautiful jungle setting in a place that's like the least touristy of all the islands yeah right? I, I like big island yes it is very uh, peaceful island what part of the island were you living Hilo side Puna yeah, Puna, just a, bu- a bumming around. Were you recording out there, or you kind of had you taken a break? Uh, both. Of, I took a little bit of a break. Then I met some recording artists, and we uh, proceeded to record, <laughs> as recording artists <laughs> often do. <laughs> Is that when you moved back to the Pacific Northwest after that? I moved. I, went, I was in Alaska for a bit working. I was working at a fish processing center processing salmon. Where in Alaska? Uh, Juneau. Oh my gosh! Yes. You've been all over the extremes of the of the country. I don't recommend it. It's a pain <laughs> in the butt. 
Juno rains a lot, right? Yeah, it's very rainy. It's very nice. I was in uh, Indiana for a bit. I was in Indiana doing home remodel stuff. It's kind of uh, being a bum, honestly. I wouldn't recommend it. And then I finally got some sense kicked into me, and uh, I finally was tired of just working these bad jobs, and I went back to school for HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, and then uh, started working uh, parallel uh, parallel to the industry uh, uh, about four, three, four years ago, and I haven't looked back since. You were telling me like kind of about your job, and it sounds very interesting, and it sounds very um, like you have a lot of responsibility. Uh, I just uh, I go to work and make sure line is working, processing, uh, processing product, and uh, just make sure the machines are working correctly and the process the pro- uh, product is being processed correctly. And uh, they ha- there's a lot of opportunities. Or maybe if anyone's listening who uh, doesn't know what they want to do yet with their lives, I would suggest going to school to learn a trade and uh, following that path. Do you find that you still want to make music? Oh, sure. I make music all the time. I haven't stopped. I just find a weekend day, and um, uh, usually on the weekend, or usually I'll spend my um, my leisure hours writing a song. Uh, if it if it jumps in my head, I'll play with it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of leisure time too. I spend it with my my uh, my family and my friends. A lot of your stuff is. I'm sure people know it's very funny and very silly mm-hmm. and very um, shocking in a way that's like makes you laugh a lot. Like in the way that Wesley Willis would kind of like surprise you with just the oh, most yeah. raw visions. Yeah. And how do you feel like I, like your newer stuff compares to I'm a gangster or some of your older stuff? Is it still silly and stuff or are you more serious? Completely different. It's funny, but on a totally different level. I would say... It has no jokes. It's just maybe uh, spiritually funny. Well, I do a theme, so I've been doing these um, uh, these Russian uh, girls. They'll sing the chorus, and I'll sample them. And I've got uh, a lot of different samples of them uh, singing different choruses, and I'll insert that into uh, my song. And that's the last five or six songs I've been making have have that theme uh, to it. Yeah more relatable oh yeah yeah that is a timeless theme the battle between heaven and hell is a timeless theme are you would you consider yourself a religious person yes heck yes where's your favorite platform to put music out on just youtube i I, and that's not my favorite platform that's like my my i'm optionless because i i haven't been putting any work into my getting my music out there which is yeah. a disservice for me. It's a, so I just put it on, slap it on YouTube and forget about it. Just I just slap it on YouTube right now. That's what I've been doing for the last few years. So the stuff that's on Spotify and stuff, is that through an old label or something? Yeah, that was Oleo, Oleo Records. I, I know you worked with them, Lars. Spotify. Yeah, all my stuff on Spotify, that's Carl. Carl did that. I sold him the, the, the music to that. I want to go back to Hawaii again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's just interesting how the hard part is cre- creating ideas and creating the melodies and creating the story. Yeah. And now the internet gives us all access to our audiences, right? Right. And it just becomes a matter of like finding a way to maximize that platform. Right. And, not, and make it so you don't even have to think about it, right? That you just put stuff out. Right. So, or, so Florida has been an inspiring place for you. I would say so. Yes. Yes, it was. 
when Nerdapalooza was a thing, right. it was such a physical place where we'd all get together every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of those did you go to? I think I went to two. I, only, I lived in Florida for maybe a year or two, and I was just making music. And uh, I don't like performing uh, because, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing a parody of a guy doing a performance. And then I go into parody, up what's called a parody loop, where uh, um, I... I nearly spontaneously combust <laughs> and I can't do, I'm not a good performer. I like, I like the li- the, uh, the quietness and the peace and the control of, uh, my own little, my own little world, my own little studio. So your career is kind of like the Beatles and that they used to play a lot and then they became a studio project. <laughs> <laughs> How did you connect with wing? I just hit her up. I hit her, hit her up, and then I fi- uh, helped finance the album. So that was uh, the enticement there. So I, I paid for her studio time when she was uh, in New Zealand, and uh, we went halvesies on the sales of the album. And I broke even every time. Her, my my support for Wing and my work for that album was more of a producer and like almost because uh, she Wing was a character and she is her own worst. Uh, her own worst enemy sometimes in regards to the production, uh, music production. So she would always uh, overthink things, and I'd try to be, you know, just give her a pep talk here and there, and uh, and then uh, funding the album. And if it were, we were did original songs, we I'd uh, write some of her music. And uh, for instance, "Safe Party Happy Ending" was a beautiful song that we wrote together, and. Uh, Another good song that we wrote about uh, Fido Doggy and me. Fido Doggy and me. And Wings singing it. And Wings, uh, just a character. And uh, she's retired. Wing is retired. Yeah, yeah. We produced five albums together. It's incredible. Yeah, we produced five albums together. I just want to ask you, do you feel pressure from the world that being funny and being inappropriate is now something that people don't, you're not allowed to do? Oh, I don't, I don't care. You say whatever you want. I've been called mean things. For instance, maybe when I first started working as a working man, uh, maybe I did a few things wrong, like I wired a motor wrong. And uh, I think there's a lot of music in the music industry, especially the stuff getting pushed. It's very evil, and it's designed to destroy people's souls. Tell me more about that. Sure, sure. All the junk, all the, all the, all the junk. They push junk so people forget their souls and they hate themselves. And uh, it's demoralizing. It's a demoralization campaign. Uh, and it's designed to target uh, young men, young women and young men, to, designed to destroy their souls. And it's a very, uh, in my opinion, and what do I know? But I think there's a very uh, evil thing that's going on, been going on for a very long time, uh, designed to uh, uh, hurt, pe- hurt people so they can be like, uh, like slaves. Uh, and they mm-hmm. can be... Uh, uh, just gelatinous blobs and just be dumbass, dumb, dumb butts. And, um, and so they don't question authority or they just, uh, pretend to question authority or, uh, mm. they get kind of thrown around for loops and get confused. So, and, but, but the, the point is that they're remained, they're weak, uh, and that they stay, stay, stay as weak as possible. And so th- th- that part of the industry, uh, the psychological subversion part of the industry, I, I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't like that part. It freaks me out. It yeah. makes me mad. And I think people need to, a lot of people need to say they're sorry and they never will. So you're talking about like, kind of like stuff that has like an occult vibe to it musically. 
For instance, we just mentioned, uh, oh, I just mentioned, or we just mentioned Billie Eilish, Eilash. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would take all, I would, uh, I'd like to have a little, I, w- I don't want to have a chat with them, but all the producers, all, all, all the video people who made the video, all the people who storyboarded the video, all the people who pushed it and distributed it. And uh, I, I just want to just, uh, maybe we could uh, put, put a magnifying glass on what the heck uh, they do with their, their time and why they want to, um, you know, put out this junk this junk uh, hurting hurting young girls are you oh that's interesting man are you a fit so but don't you feel like sometimes art can be like a uh metaphor or like star wars right yeah it can be a metaphor but not the billy eyelash stuff that stuff's junk i didn't like when the that evil serpent came out of her mouth scared me <laughs> it freaked me out were you so you weren't a Marilyn manson fan in the 90s uh not really no. Yeah. Were you? I like the production of it. That's funny you mentioned that because in high school, when, or when we finished out high school making those beats, where was a, the goth guy, and he loved Impulse Tracker too, and we related and we talked about Impulse Tracker, and I know he was making yeah. some industrial stuff on Impulse Tracker, <laughs> so I was always th- I always think about him, and I'm always rooting for him and stuff like that. There's a great compilation called Operation Beatbox, and it's all industrial bands doing old school hip hop covers. Okay. And it's, I like that record because it showed me that the instrumentation in rap and industrial music is very similar. The synths, the drum machines, you know what I mean? The arrangements, the loops. That's kind of how I got into hip hop was by looking at a lot, listening to that compilation a lot, then wanting to find out who Ice Cube was and who oh. Cypress Hill were and like all the, it was a cool entry point for me. And I wanted to ask you, what got you into hip hop music? Why rap? Rappy? So my first CD, I'll, I'll, I will give you the whole rundown. My first CD I bought when I was a boy, I was 14, I got the Blue Meanies, uh, and it was their songs. They had all these cool songs like Smash the Magnavox and Fourth of July, and and they got these horns. It was like ska core. That was my first yeah. CD, and then I got Operation Ivy CD, and I loved Operation Ivy. Uh, out come the wolves! Out come the wolves! Uh, I loved that CD so much. And then I got uh, Lil Flip, a Lil Flip underground legend. I was like, wow, uh, this guy's awesome. And then I got Lil Flip the Leprechaun, which is the CD he made before Underground Legend. And it was like, I yeah. can do that. If I spill drink on my clothes, I can do that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll buy some more. I can do that. Like, wow, that young man could do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm going to buy the whole neighborhood bikes. <laughs> you know Lil Flip going to do what he likes. Like, Wow. <laughs> and then he's a leprechaun. I'm like, wow, why? This is awesome. <laughs> I, and I got a kick out of the beats. The beats were yeah, awesome. They were like, in my opinion, perfect. And uh, I, I love those those beats on the leprechaun CD. Uh, and then there's oh, there, there's a ton of beats. I, I can't remember some of them offhand, but uh, it was a trip. That I would say the little flip CDs uh, uh, got me into uh, hip hop. And then my friends. Um, I was kind of like the nerd of the group. But my friends, uh, they, they were the gangsters, and uh, mm-hmm. they were always making these just gangster rap albums yeah, in my neighborhood. Like more serious? Very serious. Too serious. So I came in, I was uh, uh, something different, and they got a kick out of it. They're like, wow, this is some real stuff out of uh, left field over here. So that's why I got to be working with uh, Ben, Ben Petty, Benjamin Petty, uh, who's a very uh, talented, talented musician guy. Were you a big Sir Mix-a-Lot fan living in Seattle? Oh my gosh, yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot, I think he's Auburn. Yeah, he was Auburn, Auburn, Washington. Uh, Yeah, a huge Sir Mix-a-Lot fan. The Buttermilk Biscuits, 
uh, and then of course all his like the big stuff. Um, but I, I, I like Sir Mix a lot too. For, he's a good business guy, and I know when ringtones started coming out and becoming popular, uh, there was a story about him. He he uh, made a lot of money with the ringtones, and so I was like, wow, Rappy can follow suit and make a lot of money with ringtones. It's like 2003, 2004. And so yeah. I, I called up the same business that he had to do his ringtones. And um, uh, they stole all my all my money that I, that I sold. I, they, they stole all my sales. And then the, the business went bankrupt a month later. <laughs> so you never got paid. No, I never got paid. It's not easy being an independent artist. I've given up. <laughs> Uh, which is fine, and now I just release things at my own leisure. But when I see an independent artist make it, like you, and I've just my hat goes off to you, and I'm just always rooting and praying for you guys, and just keep on keeping on. The, your guy, your shows are really fun, and everyone has a good time when they're there. So it it means a lot. I hadn't been to a show in a m- number of years. Whether when I saw your show, yeah, let's talk about that. So you came out. And it was really special to see you. It was up in up in Washington. Yeah, it was special. It was. What was, and had you been to that venue before? Never. I'd never. I'm not like a guy who goes out at night. I'm a bum who's. I sleep in the night, and I'm just being being you know a hermit. Well, I've got my my bubble. I'm in my bubble. So to come out at night was fun. And not only that, we've been doing it a lot more since since we've gone to the show. We've been going out at night and really having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I really appreciate your show. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, Katie and I appreciated the time you took uh, to say he- hello and to talk. And the show was awesome. We had such a good time. I'm like, wow, this is what shows are like. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let me ask. Let me ask you some specific questions about some of your jams. Yes, sir. If you're down, I'm so down. How did you think? How did you come up with your fish stick song? Oh my gosh! Well, it was an anti-album. I wanted to make a dumb album. It was the album like. Uh, so we went down and we were like, "What's the silliest song topics we could make?" And so mm-hmm. we we're like, "Oh, let's make a song about fish sticks. Let's make a song about fanny packs. Let's make a song about all kind of things that are dumb." And, um, yeah, that we recorded that in Los Angeles in 2003, Fish Sticks, Fanny Pack, and a whole slew of other songs. And that was, and who produced those, those some jams? guy with a Russian accent. So I was like, I, I was doing well at the time I was working for, um, a very popular kids book and making music for them. And, uh, I had, uh, was getting paid very well. So I was, wait, uh, what? What's the, what was the kids' book? It's Captain. Uh, it's a very huge book. Uh, it's called Captain Underpants. That I guess a, a lot of people like the book. Whoa! Let's talk about that. So you wait. You were working on music for that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was uh, with that uh, entity for about five years, creating music and video. I produced them for their web stuff. Like Dave Pilkey, the author, he wanted some web content, and uh, he he also wanted extra content for the book. And so basically, in two thousand three, four, five, six. They were putting CD-ROMs on the back of books and selling them as one unit. Oh. And so it was kind of like a little fad. Oh, there's a CD-ROM on the back, ROM on the back of the book. And then it has got songs. Yeah. And you, you get to experience the uh, the book on a deeper level, like a musical level or on an animation level. So, yeah, I produced, um, I produced all the music to uh, the uh, Captain Underpants Collector's Edition uh, bonus CD. <laughs> 
and it did quite well. And uh, yeah, it was a nice little feather feather in my cap. That's really cool. Was, I can't believe I didn't know that. That's okay. You don't you don't brag about it. <laughs> no, I don't. Which is fine because I, um I don't like to be so braggadocious. If you want, I can brag now though. If you want, you can yeah, uh, please. You can find that if you type. Uh, you'd have to go on the YouTube's and type um, uh, "Hooray for Captain Underpants." And okay. you know, since then the, the entity is huge, and since then I think uh, Dave did. The, it's a, become a movie, and it's become all kind different. Uh, Netflix series and all that. I'm not uh, tied to that series in any way, shape, or form anymore. When I found out they were doing a movie, though, I tried to be like to uh, make music for them, but they weren't interested. And the Weird Al one is a re a new version. It's not a cover. That's a new version. I actually heard that one. And I was very impressed. I thought Weird Al did an incredible job. Uh, was there a shift though, like where you were like, I'm not going to do songs about poo and genitalia? Yeah, when. Um, just probably about when I started working and going to school for HVAC, um, uh-huh. I said, I'm switching the game up. Um, I'm only going to sing songs, and I'm going to have all these uh, like beautiful like uh, uh, Russian young girls, and I'm going to take their uh, – and I'm going to sample their uh, – them, and they can be the chorus. So I'll always have a catchy chorus, and I'll yeah. just uh, match the cadence and replace them with English lyrics, and uh, that's my new formula feel like that probably gives you a lot of peace oh not trying to chase the same yeah. songs like i before. do i i enjoy a lot of peace and that's that, that well that's new to me i was in a state of mental torment for many years and uh to have that lifted slowly uh was very very game changing the last thing we should talk about how did you meet brad from phone losers who's who was an earlier guest on the mc Lars podcast he emailed me this weird crazy stalker email he's like hey rappy and it was just like this crazy i'm like who the heck is this guy and i'm like and then i looked into it i was googled at his name i'm like oh my gosh this is like the prank guy and then yeah uh i emailed him back i was like wow that's awesome thanks for hitting me up man that's cool you got me <laughs> he tricked me and uh i i fell for it and then we've been friends ever since and he's a very can't say enough nice things about Brad. He's a very, uh, very unique and uh, humble and cool guy. Was he pretending he wasn't him? Or yeah, he was or pretending he, he was... wasn't him. I don't. I, I'd have to pull up the exact email, but it was very yeah. weird. It was super weird and creepy on purpose. He was trying to like, he was gauging me. He was he was testing me. See how I'd respond. All right. <laughs> Brad is a tester. He likes to test people. And uh, he's a social engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he um he was at the Portland show like the day after I saw you yeah, and yeah, yeah. he um yeah we talked about you and how okay. much we we both love you Aww. and he, I I love that about he is just so prodigious with his output yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a dude who just he's so disciplined with it and he's yeah. made it his job right pranking people right incredible <laughs> that takes so much work yeah yeah he works so hard at, at the PLA. I was yeah. laughing about one of his calls the other day. Uh, he, um, he was in an apartment. He's an apartment tenant, and then he's calling the apartment manager, and he says, "Oh, there's a lot of leaks. I put a pool in the uh, I put a pool in the uh, living room here, and uh, we're experiencing a lot of leaks. I think it's leaking down uh, uh, the guys under <laughs> us. Oh my gosh, we're gonna send a maintenance guy immediately. Uh, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Uh, I'm not gonna let him in. <laughs> what? 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 Oh, I don't really feel like it." <laughs> I think his talent is that he keeps 
one of his many talents is he keeps his character so freaking calm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's so like, that's what sells it. Yeah. Oh, uh, hi, it's Brad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roy Gerbell. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, I said that was going to be my last question, but I got more questions for you. No problem. We'll wrap it up shortly. Where did Rappy McRapperson come from? I was thinking of a bad name for a rapper. I was thinking of like, what's the worst rap name um, one could have? And this is in 2001. Yeah. And I was like, yep, Rappy McRapperson is the worst rap name ever. Because <laughs> people wonder, are you Irish? Are right. you Scottish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do all, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it sticks in your head. Um, okay, so for all the fans, new and old, right. where, other than YouTube, where can they follow your most recent exploits? Oh, wow. Okay, YouTube. And then they can go also, I think, on soundcloud i want to say i did um an album from 2015 but yeah the the other one was life in ghost world that's why i just took the melodies the, the the tunes and um okay it's heavy on sound effects and that that was released as ghost rappy yes yeah what inspired the name change i wanted to be i felt like a ghost interesting yeah in that you were reinventing yourself no i felt like a ghost because i uh, I didn't feel like a, a person. I didn't feel like a my spirit. I didn't feel like my spirit was on Earth anymore. In what way? Uh, it traveled through a, a pain. Through pain, my my spirit left my body, and then wow. eventually, because I went to HVAC school, it came down back into my body again, and now I'm not a ghost anymore. <laughs> so now you're no longer ghost rappy. Nope. Yahoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Ghost Rappy was a bum. <laughs> um, I would, I would, I would go on record and say that I've loved this interview because it's mo- one of the weirdest <laughs> podcasts that I've done. Because I, I know you're like, I interview a lot of rappers, but I feel like talking to you, I'm like interviewing an artist <laughs> yeah. who's like, you're on another plane, and, and it's confusing and beautiful, and I'm also I've, half the time I haven't known what to say. <laughs> Because yeah. talking to you is not like talking to a, the typical rapper. I, and I think yeah. that's awesome, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. That's, I appreciate so, that. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, have you felt like my questions have been too serious and that no. have I misinterpreted anything? I love it. Lars, I'm your biggest fan. So I thought the questions were perfect. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I thank you. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak my mind. Okay. Well, no, I appreciate you. What would you want to, what are any closing thoughts you want to leave your fans new and old? Wow. Well, uh, I want to get, yeah, I do want to give a closing thought. If they're looking for something to do, if they're confused or like they don't know what the heck they're going to do with their, their livelihoods, like their work, or they don't know what they're doing, or they think they're too old to go back to school, or they're just, I want to tell any struggling person right now or hurting person what I did go to HVAC go to technical college and get your HVAC uh, certifications and um, enter that two year or one and a half year program and uh, come out on the other side you're going to be a transformed person you can learn a little bit of electrical you learn a lot of practical knowledge you learn a little bit of plumbing and you're going to learn how a system operates and you're going to learn how systems work and it's incredible the beauty in that process right oh tons yes a lot of beauty yeah mm-hmm. 
and how when you're sitting in a room, all of the amazing calculations and work that have gone to make it a comfortable, quiet mm-hmm. place, right? Well lit with plumbing, it's, yeah, yeah. it's amazing, right? Oh my gosh, uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, multiple systems doing wonderful things to just to keep us comfy. Rappy, I feel like writing songs is like solving problems and engineering. Like there's a lot of engineering and rapping and melodies and choruses and rhymes and so patterns and so that makes sense, man. That you've taken your skills your creativity and kind of uh, pivoted mm-hmm. to a different realm where you're still yes. able to be creative, but now it's yes. unfettered yes. output. Yes. So I'll take a broken unit, a broken machine. Let's say it's a conveyor belt. And then I, uh, it's, it's a very uh, simple conveyor belt. And I'll troubleshoot the unit and uh, find out what the heck's going wrong with it and then make my uh, repairs. And uh, it's very much like songwriting. Yeah. Every day is an adventure. Do you ha- are you friends with all, uh, all the the touring uh, independent artists like um, MC Chris and MC Front a lot? I'm friends definitely with Front a lot. Do you guys go on tour? Uh, are you guys gonna go on tour again? I'm yeah. We're, we're I'm in February. I'm going out with a ner- one nerdcore rapper and then a few other people mm-hmm. of other genres. Yeah. So wow. I'm waiting to na- announce that. But that the last few tours with have been with Front a lot, Schaefer mm-hmm. and Mega Ran. And those have been good. Those have been good. Awesome. I, I went on. So it, this is a Megaran and yours song. It is so cool. Like the video for it. Your guys are in airplanes, abandoned airplanes. Oh, yeah. 1984. Like, wow. And then there's another artist. He, and he appears on a cell phone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, B. Dolan. Oh, B. Dolan. Okay. And yeah. oh, man, the video is so good. Uh, it was so impressive. Thanks, Rappy. I was Thank like, you. wow. And I don't want to. I don't want you to have to spill any proprietary information, so I won't ask. But uh, I was wondering, you know, where the heck that place was. I was like, wow. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk about it. It was near Phoenix. Megaran lives in Phoenix, uh-huh. and his friend is a um, film professor uh-huh. at a school down there. So it was uh-huh. this abandoned Air Force base wow. that we had to get permission from, like the local Native American charter, because it's on really? Native American land. Really, and. There's a lot of weird graffiti in the planes yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. kind of stuff people go go and party and yeah, yeah it was yeah, yeah. a really cool find. Oh my and I, I kind of like yeah. like we had to climb into the airplanes mm-hmm. and it didn't feel particularly safe but I think yeah. that's what made it fun. Wow. You know? Wow. I appreciate you check checking that flavor out. Yeah, I showed it to my supervisor at my my job and and I was like this you know when I went to your show that 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 day yeah. I was like I got to tell you this guy's my buddy man. This guy is Look how cool this guy is. <laughs> uh, that is sweet, Rappy. He was impressed. Thank he was you. like, wow, you know, you know this guy? I'm like, yep, I certainly do. <laughs> do, you, do they know about your uh, prodigious output? They found out maybe two years ago, and I've, I've been getting hell for it ever since. I bet they're proud of you because you're, you're an underground legend, and you've been at this forever. Yeah, I, maybe it's one of the reasons I haven't gotten fired yet. I'm not a very good mechanic. <laughs> The YouTube is youtube.com slash Rappy McRapperson, right? User slash Rappy McRapperson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The SoundCloud is soundcloud.com slash McRapperson. And it's all on Spotify. And uh, yeah, and this has been tight. I appreciate you, Rappy. You as well, Lars. Let's introduce TikTok one more time. Yeah. Tell tell us this. Tell us about the song like briefly, and and we'll play it. Sure, it's a battle between heaven and hell. The devil has rose and is walking the earth, and uh, uh, we we wait, we wait, f- 
for for God to come down from the sky and uh, and fight the devil and throw him back into hell. Amen. Here we go. TikTok by Rabbi McBrabberson. <laughs> yeah. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. It's a spiritual battle, a warfare between good and evil, right versus wrong. Behold. There's a place in hell where an angel fell Then rose through a swell in a poison well Evil spells reign supreme in the world of man But the time's coming soon cause the weight breaks down Behold Very unique man, Rappy McRapperson. That was TikTok. Be sure to check out his stuff, support what he's doing. He's very creative. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's Patreon Larson of the Week, we got Otis Julius. You may recognize him as Big O, who was on the podcast, one of my first guests. A guy I've toured with a lot. He tells a story about a show we played in El Paso that was like on a co- near a college, but it was during a time when all the college students were away for um, winter break or something. So he talks about uh, backstage memory. So this is the MC, MC Lars, Lars Patreon, Patreon Lars of, the, of week. the week. My man, Otis Julius. Hey, Lars, it's Miles. 
Hey, I just want to say you've had some really impressive and cool guests on the podcast, and uh, I'm really happy that things are going this well uh, for you. It's it's awesome. I'm really enjoying it. That being said, um, I remember this one time we were on tour, and the routing was weird. I think it was like a Sunday or Monday night, and it was like in this it's like a tourist town, but like off season. And the show was kind of just like a flop. That happens every now and then. And uh I just would, like, never forget how, like, I don't know, things were kind of down. Morale wasn't probably the best. And you kind of came into the green room uh before the doors opened and just really invested into uh me and my guys and kind of just spent time and hung out and just kind of, you know, like, uh brightened our spirits, brightened our day. And, like, I'll never forget that. That meant a lot to me. And it was so cool how, like, this could have been some off time for you that you're trying to connect with people back home or you could have been down about the situation. And, um, no, you just invested into me and, uh, made my night, made my week. And, uh, I really appreciate that. You know, I got to watch you like for a really long time, just investing into people, um, caring about what they're doing. Um, you may not remember everybody's name, but you know something about everybody, and it just blows my mind how, like, how good your memory is and how much time you take to, like, learn about these people. And I think it's really cool, and uh, I appreciate that a lot. So uh, thank you. I want to keep doing what you're doing. You're doing awesome stuff. Um, I'm really honored to have been able to be a small part of what you're doing, and um, thank you so much. Thank you, Miles. That's a very great story, and I appreciate you, and uh, I hope you're doing well, man. Hope to see you soon. Thank you all for listening to this interview with Robbie McRapperson. Next week, we got Michael Kill, North Carolina's finest, talking about the rap game. We talk about our memories of ICP and Anticon and all the underground indie rap that inspired us and all our South by Southwest stories. It's a great interview, so tune in next week. It's almost December, which means it's almost the end of the decade, which means time is passing by, which means we're blessed to be here. All right. Tune in next week. Thanks a lot. And MMC Lars. Oh, I got the Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 songs coming this month on Patreon.com slash MC Lars. Don't miss it. All right. Peace. Thanks, everyone.